Hello everyone, thank you for listening to today's message. My name is Pastor Dwayne Life, lead pastor at the Life Point Community Church. What you're going to hear today is a message from one of our recent services. And we believe that by listening to today's message, you're going to be blessed and encouraged from the Word of God. You're going to be strengthened, and we believe that God's going to speak to you in a very fresh, new, and real way through today's message. So thanks again for listening. Be blessed and encouraged, and we love you. God bless. How exciting is this? People surrendering their life to Christ, celebrating it with a public profession through baptism. What a, what a great day. Hey, I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, I'm quite confident that you're not here by accident. I'm quite confident you're here because you're supposed to be here. Um, we are in week three of a series called The Comeback, and it's kind of loosely based on a book by Louis Giglio called The Comeback. And what it really is entailing is us looking throughout Scripture. How many know that there's one perfect person in Scripture? His name is Jesus. Everybody else was a human being just like me and you, with the same struggles, the same problems, the same stuff that you and I deal with. And so we're going to look at different people in Scripture week after week after week and see how they were able to come back. And so that's what this series has all been about. If you uh, if you've been with us, I've been kind of giving you a working definition of that word comeback, and here it is. It's renewed success after being close to defeat or failure. Renewed success after being close to defeat or failure. I want to tell you a story. Um, you know, I've been kind of giving you these comeback stories each week. Well, this one is going to be, uh, I, I, you, you may know this girl, you may have seen her movie, and just so I can tell these guys upstairs, this video I'm going to show is in the video bin. You're good. They get mad when I do that. They're like, we know what we're doing. You do you, let us do us. That's usually what they say. Um, this girl's name's Bethany Hamilton. You, you, you heard of Bethany Hamilton? Bethany Hamilton uh, gave her heart to Christ at a very young age. And she... Um, was on the fast track to becoming a pro surfer, uh, and at the age of 13, had won, you know, tournament after tournament. She grew up in Hawaii, bless her heart. <laughs> but at the age of 13, she lost her arm in a shark attack, and just, just kind of watch this video, and, and she'll tell you about it in her own words. Halloween of 2003... I was 13 years old, and I was surfing with my best friend. It was like a picture-perfect morning. It was beautiful out, and the water was just crystal clear blue. We were just surfing, waiting for waves, and I was kind of sitting out further than everyone else, and um, within a split second, the shark came and took my arm. I didn't really have time to think much, Right away, I just knew I had to get to the beach just to survive this. Immediately, my friends came and helped me. and I just kind of laid there and just prayed the whole way in, just um, asking God for help. I had lost about 60% of my blood, and as I was getting into the ambulance, there was a local paramedic, and 
He whispered in my ear and said, God will never leave you nor forsake you. I gave my heart to Jesus when I was about five years old and being able to turn to Jesus during this crazy moment in my life, it gave me a sense of peace and calmness and I think that's one thing that just kept me alive. I'm 13, I have dreams and goals and I was doing really well with surfing. I didn't know if I was going to be able to surf again or not. Surfing, there's something just really special about it. The feelings that you get when you're on a good wave, it's just your adrenaline's just pumping, the, like, the blood's just flowing through your whole body. Every wave is different. It's not like every wave's the same. And being out there in the ocean and in God's creation, it's like a gift that He's given us to enjoy. I knew I wanted to continue surfing. It was more of like just waiting for the doctor's orders to like allow me to go in the water. But I got out there and it was pretty amazing experience just um, learning how to surf with one arm. I mean, I knew how to surf, but it was just figuring out how to do it with one arm. And I ended up getting up on my third wave and riding it all the way in. And right then I just knew I'd be surfing for a long time. From what seems like such a horrible thing, God has just brought glory to himself through me and um, I've been able to just be a good light to people and share his love. I wake up every day and honor God in everything that I do and I may fall short sometimes, but all I want to do is love him. My name is Bethany Hamilton and I am second. She said, from what seemed like such a horrible thing, God has brought glory to himself through all of that. What, what you probably didn't pick up from that story is that from that point till now, God has given her an incredible platform to share her faith. She goes into schools and to churches and shares this story about how Christ has transformed her life. And she's got a platform that she wouldn't have had otherwise. So it, can you see that it goes beyond her being able to surf again? That her story takes her and gives her a venue to share her faith. See, we look at stories like that and, and, and we, we look at them in awe. But how many know that truthfully you and I... We'll go through times in our life when we all need a comeback. Uh, maybe uh, you'll face a time when there's got to be a change of direction or you're going to face failure. You're going to face defeat. Uh, every week I've asked you this question. What do you need to come back from? Is it, is it a disease? Depression? An addiction? A relationship gone wrong? What is it that you need to come back from? Is it a sin? Is it is it some st- Stuff in your past that you can't move beyond. I want to tell you that regardless of what it is, you can come back through the power and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, there's two things that we have kind of driven this whole deal. These two truths, and I want you to grasp this this morning. These two truths. Number one, if you need to come back, you're never too far and it's never too late. 
You're never too far, and it's never too late. Maybe some of you, like me, would have said that I've gone too far. I'm not going to be able to rebound from this because I've gone too far. But I'm here to tell you today that you can't go too far, and it's never too late. I, I believe in the power and the mercy of Jesus to let us all make that comeback. So today we're going to look at one of the most amazing comeback stories in Scripture. In fact, you can't get much further than this guy. Um, you can't get much further gone than this guy was and still come back. In fact, the, our text is really one of the most widely used Easter passages, but it really wasn't didn't happen at Easter. It happened in John chapter 11. If you've got your Bibles uh, or you're following along on you version, then read along with me. It's, John chapter 11, verse 25, and Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Can I, man, that's powerful. Can I just read that again? Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Pray with me. Father, thank you for resurrection and thank you for life. God, we thank you that we have learned this Easter season that the resurrection is an event, it's a person, and his name is Jesus. And God, we thank you that he's alive and that he's real, that he still changes lives, that he still finds ways to let those of us that need to come back do so. God, we believe in you and your power and your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. So today we're going to have some comeback lessons from the story of Lazarus. And if you're not familiar with the story of Lazarus, when you go home, read John chapter 11. I'll tell you the whole story. It's a fascinating story of, of just Jesus and, and how he works in our lives. But, but even more than that, we get to see a little bit of a backstory with this family. It's Mary, her sister Martha, their brother Lazarus. And we don't see a whole lot from Lazarus in Scripture except this story. Of course, this is a pretty big deal. Um, and so I want to just, just very quickly, just kind of give you a few things that we can learn about our comeback from Lazarus. First of all, if you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, Jesus is aware. John eleven three says, so the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. It's interesting to note that even though to Mary and Martha and the sick man Lazarus, even though it appeared to them that Jesus wasn't aware, how many understand that he was God on foot and nothing catches him by surprise? See, whatever that thing is that you're facing this morning, this week, this month, this year, whatever that thing is, how many understand that Jesus is completely aware of what you're walking through, of, of the circumstances that you're finding yourselves in, that there's nothing you can do that will catch him off guard? There's nothing that can happen to you that will catch him underwear. See, here it's, it, there's nothing you'll face today, tomorrow, next week, ever that Christ isn't intimately aware of. So here's, here's the obvious next question. I've asked it, maybe you have. God, if you're aware of what I'm walking through, why haven't you fixed it yet? You, if you're aware of this stuff that I'm facing... Why am I still facing it? Anybody ever ask a question like that? Yeah, me too. God, if you're so keenly and intimately aware of my circumstance, why is my kid still sick? Why is my relationship still broken? 
Why is my bank account still empty? If you're so intimately aware of, who I, of what I'm walking through, why haven't you fixed it? Man, we have such a narrow vision, don't we? I, I was reminded this morning of a, a, of a song that is a long time ago. But I wanted to read you these lyrics. This song is probably 30 years old. It said, God is too wise to be mistaken. God is too good to be unkind. Did you hear that? God is too wise to be mistaken. He's too good to be unkind. So when you don't understand, when you don't see his plan, when you can't trace his hand, trust his heart. See, I'm going to tell you, there may be times in your life when you don't see God's activity in your life. There may be times in your life when you don't see what he's doing. There may be times in your life when even though you believe that he's aware, that you don't see him actively at work on your behalf. Can I tell you, it's in those moments when you can't trace his hand. Would you just do this? Would you trust his heart? Would you understand that he is intimately aware? Now listen, he's not only fully aware of your circumstance. He's not only fully aware of your situation and your, whatever you're walking through. He's, he's fully, intimately aware. He's also in full control. That there's nothing going to come into your life that's outside of the hand of God. There's nothing going to happen to you where he goes, whoa, I did not see that coming. He's intimately aware and he's in full control. Does that, anybody resonate with that? Does that, does that, uh, can, can you just, can you take solace in knowing that there's nothing going to happen to you that's outside of the control of your father? Write this down if you're taking notes. It's probably not about you. Did you hear what Bethany Hamilton said? All of this happened for God's glory. John eleven four 4 says, when he heard this, when he heard about Lazarus being sick, he said these words, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory so that God's son might be glorified through it. It's for God's glory. So maybe you're like me and when I'm walking through a difficult period in my life, when I'm walking through trial, and I'm walking through circumstance, it becomes more about me. It's about my discomfort and my pain and my money and my family and my frustration and my future and all of my stuff. But here's the question. Is God big enough to use your pain and your hurt and your struggle in such a way that it brings glory to himself? I say yes. I say yes. I mean, no, God can turn a circumstance upside down. Not, listen, see, we, we have such a limit. When God fixes our stuff, how many know it's not just to make us feel better? When God, how many of God has done something for you at some point in your life that was miraculous in nature? It had to be only God. Hey, it wasn't for you. It wasn't just for you. 
God was using your circumstance. He turned your deal upside down so it would bring glory to himself. It's not, listen, the deal about Lazarus getting raised from the dead wasn't just about Lazarus getting raised from the dead. Because you know what? He's dead. Right? He's dead. It's not just about Lazarus living again. Well, that's great, Dwayne. That's just good. So what am I supposed to do in the meantime? What am I supposed to do when I understand all this that you're saying in my head? I understand that my circumstance, my trial, the stuff that I'm walking through, yeah, it's supposed to be for God's glory. But all that information hadn't made it to my heart yet. Because I don't like where I'm at. I don't like what I'm walking through. I don't like what I'm living in. I don't like who I'm living with. So, you know, you're up here telling me it's all for God's glory. But meanwhile, i got to go home to, to this hell I'm living in. So what am I supposed to do with that? You're probably not going to like my answer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer that question in two words. The first word is this. Pay attention. Wait. Isaiah said, But they that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary, walk and not faint. What do I do when I don't, when I know all this in my head, but I don't feel it in my heart? Wait. I can see in your eyes. Seriously, Dwayne? Wait. Here's, here's the second word. We wait and walk. You wait and walk. Just, what you mean, walk away? No, walk in obedience. Do what you know is right and true in this time when you're waiting for this stuff to bring God glory. And, but in the, in the meantime, you've got, you've got to live in it. I'm telling you to wait and walk in obedience to God. And, and, and can I tell you, it's, when we do those two things, it's uncanny. It's miraculous how God can take our junk, turn it upside down, bring glory to himself, and cause it to work all things out together for your good. You know what happens? Some, sometimes we get lost in the waiting, and we quit. And, I, and I'm just telling somebody today, don't quit. Wait, hang on, walk in obedience, and watch what God will do. Not just for your good, but for his glory. Is that, is that, I don't know, does that, does that put a different perspective? When it, if, if God, the creator of the universe, can use my stuff to, to bring glory to Jesus and glory to himself, does that, does that add some purpose to this pain? Yeah, it sure does. Turn to somebody and say, it's not about you. Thank you for the three of you that did that. Turn to somebody and say, it's not about you. All right, this next one's real profound. Are you ready? This, this one's profound and deep, okay? You may, you may have never heard anything this deeply profound as you're going to hear right now. Jesus loves you. Wow. You've heard that all your life, haven't you? You, you, you sang the song when you were growing up, 
But I, I need you to stop just a minute and remember how deeply profound that statement really is. That Jesus, Jesus loves you. Has there ever been a day, a moment, a season in your life when you felt less than lovable? Has there ever been a time in your life when you looked in the mirror and thought, um, no, me too. <laughs> Jesus, the son of God, the creator of the universe, the maker of heaven and the earth, he who was, who is, and is to come, loves, is deeply Infatuated, adores you. Can we just stop a minute and let that sink in? You mean he'll love me when I get my act together. He'll love me when I get my stuff squared away. He'll love me when I get my this stuff that I'm dealing with worked out. He'll love me then. No. Just as you are. Right now, in this moment, Dwayne, you don't understand, I've, I've failed him. Get in line. Just as you are, the creator of the universe is crazy about you. Man, can I tell you, when I got that, it changed my life. It changed the way I looked at my, my future, at, at, at religion, at church. When I realized that I wasn't on some quest to earn God's love. That I didn't have to, you know, click off my checklist before God would accept me and love me. That just like I am, just like I stand, just as I am, He loves me emphatically and passionately. So in the midst of your stuff, if nothing else causes you to look up, remember this. The most significant life that's ever been lived is crazy about you. Maybe, let, let, me, let me see if this is going to be a horrible explanation because I'm not sure I'm going to be able to explain it the way I want to. But, but stay with me. Think of the person in your life that you love more than anybody else. The, if you have to say who you love more than any other human being on the planet, who, who is it? Who is it? Now, now listen. That doesn't scratch the surface of how your Savior feels about you. See, I, I got this image one time of, of if, 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 if Christ had a wallet, my picture's inside of it. If he's got a refrigerator... He's got a magnet with my name on it. Isn't that crazy? That, that the God who, who has the entire universe at his disposal is crazy about me. Can I tell you? I mean, there's something that happens. Y'all know I'm a little sappy when it comes to my wife. But, but, but you know, sometimes, how I many I understand that life can be challenging sometimes? And when I know she's in my corner... Man, that gives me a little, it gives me a little strength 
to go through whatever I got to go through, to face whatever I got to face. Can I tell you, when, when you understand that the God of the universe loves you like that, what, what can come in your path? Romans says, if God be for me, who then can be against me? Jesus loves you. Turn to somebody and say, Jesus loves you. Hey, hey I'm just going to tell you this next one you're going to have a problem with. Because I do. I don't even like saying it because I don't like it. But sometimes we have to do this. Write this down if you're taking notes. Trust his timing. How many of you want Jesus, how many of you want to pray a prayer and God to answer it on your terms? God, I got a, I got a bill due and it's due on the 8th and it's the 6th. So I'm going to need you to, I'm going to need you to fix this right now. I prayed one time when I, when I was, when I was younger, God, I'm sick of being overweight. I want to wake up in the morning and be thin. I did. I prayed that prayer. And God did pretty much what you did. He left. <laughs> Trust his timing. How many know God's got a plan? God's got a purpose. And, and, and he knows what's best. In fact, this, this, look at this story. This, this blows me away. Rome, uh, John eleven six 6 says, so when he heard that Lazarus was sick. Now, let's just stop right there. We just read that Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and her, their brother Lazarus, right? He loves them. Right? We, get, we got that part? And now he finds out that Lazarus is sick. Now, if you were thinking, just if you didn't have the scripture in front of you, how would you finish that sentence? You'd probably say, well, you know, he got on the nearest donkey and got to Bethany. I guess. But that's not what happened. Look what happened. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Somebody at some point said, dude, he's sick. It's all good. Just chill. How, how many of you don't like that moment? When, when you've got something pressing on you and you're like, I, I need you to take this away, God. And he's like, chill. Does that drive you crazy? How many know that he has a time? And he has a plan, and he has a purpose. And listen to me, you better be thankful he doesn't operate on your timetable. When you, read, when you read down a little bit in John chapter 11, verse 17, the Bible says, On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had been already been in the tomb for four days. And here's... What I'm sure Mary and Martha did. If you'd have just been here. If you hadn't taken your time. You know, getting here. Things would have been different. If you had just done what we asked you to do. Now you won't verbalize this. But you and I do the same thing. God, if you'd have just showed up. I wouldn't have lost my house. I wouldn't have lost my car. I wouldn't have lost my job. I, I, my, my relationship wouldn't have went awry. If you'd have just done this, things would have been different. You're right. They would have been different. But that doesn't mean they'd have been right. Because I believe the scripture that says, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope in the future. 
I believe the scripture that says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. I believe that God has a plan and he's smarter than me. So I want to trust his timing. Here's, here's what I've learned in my few years on this planet. And maybe you need to hear this this morning. He'll never be early. And he'll never be late. He's always on time. So what do I do in the meantime? Wait and walk. If you're taking notes, write this down. If death is defeated, and by the way, we celebrated that, didn't we? Uh, just a, a couple weeks ago, Easter Sunday morning, we celebrate that death is defeated. Here's what you need to know. If death is defeated, write this down. Failure isn't final. John eleven forty three 43 and 44 says, When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. The dead man came out with his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Face And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Listen to me. The man was dead. Uh, we were talking about this on, on Wednesday night in our growth group. And I, I made this horrible Princess Bride reference that almost nobody got. So I'm hoping some of you get it. Who saw the Princess Bride? See, he wasn't mostly dead. You, you with me? He was dead, dead, cold, dead. In fact, King James Version said, he's been dead so long he stinketh. I had a friend one time that named his dog Lazarus. And I said, why do you name your dog Lazarus? Because he stinketh. That's awful. So he's dead. (laughs) So if Jesus can defeat Lazarus' death, if he can defeat death, period, what in your life is so final that he can't handle? Well, Dwayne, I... I, I sinned. Yes, you did. And how is that going to? How does that somehow impede God's ability to use you, to work through you, to to heal you, to bless you, to offer you favor? Listen, He's big enough to handle your failure. He's big enough to handle your inconsistency and your sin and your addiction. He's big, He can handle it. Because he defeated death forever. As Corinthians says, death, where is your sting? So the failure doesn't disqualify you from God's blessing. In fact, isn't it our failure that qualifies us for God's blessing? If it weren't for your failure, why did he need to come to begin with? Did you get that? If it wasn't for your failure and for mine, why did Jesus need to show up? The whole reason he came was because you failed and I failed. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone in the room has. So in reality, our failure is what qualifies us for his blessing to begin with. The fact that failure isn't final is the essence of the gospel. 
See, if failure was final, you, me, all of us are in a world of hurt. But it's not because death has been defeated. Isn't that good news? Write this down. There's always, and this has really been the overarching overarching thought in this whole series. There's always a wider purpose. See, during this process, Lazarus is sick, and, and the Jewish community finds out about it, travels to Bethany. Many of them traveled to Bethany to check on Mary and Martha and see if they could help, and here's what happened. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary, and this is where I want you to see that it's not just about Lazarus getting raised from the dead. Many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary had, and, seen, and had seen what Jesus did believed in him. So you and I are limited by what we can see and by what we can comprehend. We're limited by the narrow vision of our, of our circumstance, but God can see so far beyond that. So I wonder, and I showed you this little video of Bethany Hamilton. I wonder if we said to her, here's what can happen. This platform that you've been given to share your faith, to bring glory to God, to, to share the love of Christ with a generation, this platform that you've been given, we're going to take it away from you, but you get your arm back. I've never heard her answer that question, but I have a pretty good idea what it would be. No. No. I showed you a video last week of Dave Dravecki, a major league pitcher that lost his arm to cancer. And as a result of that, has been given an incredible platform for, uh, to, to share the love of God and, 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 and the ability of, uh, that God had given him to come back. And, and I wonder if we could say, uh, Dave, here's the deal. We're... We're going we're gonna to take this platform that you've been given to write books and, and to speak to churches and, and men about the goodness of God and His love for humanity, but you get your career back. No. See, here's what I need you to understand, that what you're walking through, you, you see it like this in a very narrow, because, and that doesn't... I'm not beating you up about that because I do it too. That's our humanity. But God sees a much bigger, bigger field of vision. In fact, Donna's grandmother used to say that God can see around the corner. And that's old people wisdom right there. God can see around the corner. God sees what you can't see. God sees what, understands what you can't comprehend. There's always a wider, so you're in the middle of this stuff that you might be walking through this morning, please know that this Jesus who loves you emphatically knows right where you are. He's well aware, but he's got a grander purpose for it all. I mean, even in the midst of, of this pain, yes, even in the midst of my struggle, yes. Even in the middle of financial, yes. Sickness, yes. There's a bigger, bigger picture. There's always a wider purpose. So here's, here's what I want, you to, I want you to hear as we get ready to finish. 
if the key to come back is this to stay connected to the one who listen who makes all things new see Jesus stood in front after raising Lazarus from the dead and here's here were his words I am the resurrection and the life not we've seen resurrection I am the resurrection and the life he who believes in me will live even though they die Louis Giglio wrote this in 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 the book that I'm reading that this is kind of loosely based on he said knowing Jesus listen is always about life abundant life eternal life and in the case of Lazarus restored physical life Jesus is all about life So here's what I I need you to hear from me this morning. The life that you're looking for, you'll never find it in a career. You'll never find it in, in a bank account. You'll never find, listen, you'll never find it in a relationship with another human being. The life, and here's what I've seen. People spinning their wheels year after year after year searching for that life that you'll never find apart from the one who said, I am the resurrection and the life. You'll only find it there. See, we said a few weeks ago that Jesus wasn't, didn't bring resurrection, that Jesus was the resurrection. And here's what I'm here to tell you, that Jesus just doesn't give life. Jesus is life. Well, Dwayne, that's, that's too simplistic to think that I could find everything I'm looking for just by following Jesus. Maybe it's simple, but it just happens to be the truth. Well, Dwayne, I... I'm a Christian. I still have struggles. Yeah. I'm a Christian. I still have problems. Yeah, you do. Jesus said, in this world, you'll have many troubles. I say that all the time. But I need need you to understand that. I don't want you to attach your faith in Christ to comfort on this planet. Because it's so much more than that. So I want you to bow your heads with me. You know, oftentimes I'll go over in my office and I'll <clears throat> we'll we'll try to figure out how this how our services are going to end. And sometimes I know, sometimes I don't. I think I want to end this service like this this morning. If if you're here, you know that that was almost a silly statement. What I almost said was because if you're breathing, you've had struggle. If you're alive, there's been moments when you've not felt good about where you were at in your life. I just want to pray for you this morning. 
Because I want you to see that God's plan for you is so much bigger than whatever circumstance you might be walking through this morning. I want you to see that God's plan for you is so much, so far outside of that field of vision that you have. And I, I do the same thing. When, when we're walking through it, I told you earlier, it, it's, we internalize all that stuff. But listen to me, if that's all we do, if we keep internalizing it, it we'll, never see, uh, we'll never see it come to fruition to what, God wants, to what God wants, which is for him to get glory. It's about his glory and your good. And so here's what I want to do. I'm going to read you one more passage of scripture, and then I'm going to pray for you. And this is one of those, I'm just going to tell you. If, if you'll hang on to what, what, what God is trying to tell you in, the, in, in these words. In those moments when, when circumstances have lied to you and told you God didn't care. When circumstances have lied to you and told you that this one was going to be the, the one that took you out. And that, that it was over. That this failure was going to be final. I want you to remember these words. It's Deuteronomy 31 verse 8. Do not be afraid or discouraged is what God says. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Listen, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. So this week, whatever that thing that you're facing, maybe it's a job, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's, it's a sickness, maybe it's an addiction that's waiting for you when you walk out of this door. Hear these words. The Lord will personally go ahead of you. He'll personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail nor abandon you. There's never going to be a moment when you'll have to face this alone. Can I tell you, the solution to your stuff and my stuff is not, oh God, would you please fix it? It's, God, I want to follow you. I want to do what you tell me to do. I want to I want you to lead and guide and direct every step I take. And if you take me down a path that might be uncomfortable, if you take my arm, I'll walk there if it'll bring glory to you. I'll go there if you'll make it mean something. I'll fight this battle if you'll make it mean something. I'll fight this sickness if you'll make it mean something. Why would God not honor a prayer like that? So listen to me. I, I, I know you're here. I, I, I woke up early this morning with you on my heart. Man, I, I'm, I'm, y'all, I, I, I'm struggling this morning because it's time for me to let you go. It's time for me to say, okay, but I, I, I just can't help but feel like you're here and, and you're struggling. And I just want to pray for you this morning. I want to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. So if, if you're here and say, Dwayne, I, this stuff kind of hit home and I just need you to pray for me this morning. If that's you, I just want you to throw your hand in the air. Hey, you're here maybe, and, and, and your world's just peachy clean. Would you, would you pray with me? 
Because here's what I believe. I believe God wants to do something unique and powerful and special in somebody's life this morning. So would you pray with me? And who knows? Maybe God gets glory out of all of these struggles. So Father, in Jesus' name, I, God, I'm not, I'm not just asking you to take the struggles away. God, you told us that in this world we were going to have trouble. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Is that, God, you, you make these struggles mean something in our life, in the lives of those around us. That you help us as we walk through these trials, as we walk through series and, and, and circumstances that are difficult. help us to focus our hearts and minds on the one who makes all things new. God, I pray for the ones that walked in here and they're struggling. And they need, they need you to work on their behalf. God, I want you to do two things for them today. I want you to, first of all, because you're a God who loves us and because you're a God who touches and blesses, God, I'm, I'm going to ask you just to wrap your arms of love and compassion around them. Hold them close today. God, however you can, let them know that they're not walking through this battle by themselves. That you promised that you'd never, ever leave. That they'd never walk through this battle alone. And then, God, I'm going to ask you to get glory. God, we're walking through a sickness. God, only you can turn that in such a way that you get glory. Would you do that in each life, in each heart? God, I just pray for strength. God, I just can't help but feeling that somebody walked in this building today weak and beaten. So God, would you just give strength today in Jesus' name? Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or even imagine, God, would you just do it work? every life. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, if you're here and you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, I'm going to challenge you to do this. Right now as we're praying, God, I surrender. I've sinned. I need you to forgive me of my sin. I want you to come into my life and make all things new. Forgive me. Maybe you're here and you've been a Christian for a long time, but you're walking through a dark time. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to, as never before, hang on to the one that makes all things new. You, you study your Bible like you've never studied. You pray like you've never prayed. And you, you do two things. You wait on God to do what he's going to do, and you walk in obedience. You know, I, I'm, I, you all know me. I'm not asking for a whole lot of amens. But if you'll, if you'll do those two things, you'll walk through a lot of junk. If you'll learn to wait on the Lord and just be obedient, even when you don't feel like it, you'll get through a lot of stuff. Not because I read it, because that's how I've had to live my life. Wait on the Lord and walk in obedience. All right. God, we love you. Thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen.